What's going on everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I wanna welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is gonna be no different. Stick around and we're gonna get started right now. Well, we'd like to welcome you to another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks Jr. And in a blog post on HuffPost.com, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asks this question, why are stories so powerful? Well, the reality is, is that they're actually more memorable than facts. Our brains are wired to respond to stories and metaphors and anecdotes actually help us relate ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories bring you and the listeners that you are talking to into a multi dimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions, making us feel as though we were actually living the story. It is my honor and privilege to invite to the stage today a great friend of mine first, and uh, we began doing ministry together as the years went on, Uh, but he became a confidant early on in my walk, particularly in leadership. Um, He and I were youth pastors years ago together um, as young (laughs) 20-somethings, And uh, it was just an amazing journey. The bond that we formed then is an unbreakable one. He's seen me through marriage and divorce. He has seen us. I've, 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 I've been there with him as he has had children and lost children. Um, uh, we, we've been there and, and we've done that. And I'm excited to have him up today because he leads an organization. Celebration Church in Columbia, Maryland, is the, he's the lead pastor there, but he's a bishop of over uh, several different entities, several different churches, um, and uh, he, he's 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 a leader's leader. And I need you guys to understand that. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for my great friend, Bishop Robbie Davis. Hey, man, listen. Myself on mute and <laughs> let you go by Robbie. If you can, I really want you to sort of set up this talk by taking people back and giving them a snapshot of who you are, what you do, why do you do it, who do you do it for? And when you talk that way, I want people to understand how you were shaped as a kid and how that shape uh informs how you show up today. Come on, yeah. talk to us, my friend. Thank you so much. I love you, Brother Glenn. I appreciate you and Cherie and your leadership and uh, grateful to be on this podcast with you today. Uh, You have an international um, influence. And for our relationship over these 30 plus years, um, I am thrilled and excited about what has been, but even more excited about what the future holds for, for all of us. I am going to be giving the rest of my life to this conversation of honor and innovation. And in two years, I would have been um, in the preaching ministry for 40 years and in pastoral ministry for um, 38 years and um, been the senior pastor of Celebration Church in Columbia for 20 years And uh, my father, who was the establishmentarian of the church that I now serve, formerly Longridge Church of God, now Celebration Church, um, he pastored the church for 30 years. And I, I realized early on, because my father 
was such a top shelf leader, highly respected, very gifted in his own unique way, and himself a leader of leaders, and serving as the youth pastor in the church and serving as his senior associate pastor uh, prior to becoming the senior pastor, I learned early on the necessity of leading in the shadows of greatness. And I consider my father, who passed away about a year and a half ago, a great man and a great leader. And so as I was developing and growing as a leader and feeling very much called, uh, filled with zeal and excitement about all that God was doing in my life, and at the same time serving the Lord's vision through him for all of those years, those formative years for me, and where I found great satisfaction. Um, I found great joy in making everything that he saw that we needed to accomplish as a ministry, as a church, as an organization. I did. I, I found genuine joy in that. And at the same time, as I grew as a leader, you know, you begin to sense that, hey, if I was in that lead seat, if I had the opportunity, you know, I may do it differently. I may feel it differently. I may lead differently. Um, and you begin to even process in your own mind that perhaps um, there were even greater things that um, that I could accomplish if I had the opportunity. So, it was in those years of that tension that I just described that I, be, I believe that this idea of the intersection of honor and innovation was forged on the inside of me. Um, because I do believe now that honor really is, Glenn, the pathway to favor I believe that honor is the pathway to personal peace. I believe that honor is the pathway to prosperity. And then ultimately, I believe that honor is the pathway to innovation. It's the pathway to innovation. Yes, sir. Listen, I, I got to jump in right here because when you said that, and you, you said that early today in the show that honor leads to favor, peace and prosperity and how you had to wrap your mind around what would it look like if my lot is serving in, in the shadows of greatness. I remember a conversation that you and I had probably back in 05, maybe. And I was going through a challenge where I was I was in ministry. I was leading from the middle. I was feeling very, very um, frustrated with the process and I was contemplating leaving, but it was under some really, really difficult circumstances. And you said something to me that I will never forget. And I want you to unpack this because when you talk about this idea of honor, please understand that that is not a normal conversation. And I know you know this. Uh, I need the audience to understand that, that that is not current culture. Like we are not into honoring nothing but ourselves these days. This whole self-care movement is to the exclusion of others. That's 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 really 
That's really the um, <laughs> the code. It, it, it's code for I don't give a flip about what you want. I'm going to take care of me. And it's out of a place of frustration because, quite frankly, you had not done that, probably because you had people pleased in the whole nine yards. You said to me, you said, Glenn, here's one of the things I want you to remember. I, I can't tell you what to do. But in essence, you said you cannot write out the history that you guys have had together in this in said organization that I was contemplating leaving. And and I, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that day because it brought tears to my eyes because it made me realize that there was a history that I had forged there that I I needed to honor. I needed to honor in a way that was actually going to cost me later. I didn't know that. But today I move in an area of favor, peace, and prosperity that I never imagined. Wow. And wow. I believe that it's because in the middle of great adversity, I decided to honor what you said, honor where I was, and honor the organization by giving it my very best shot. Can you talk to people about where does that come from, the idea of being able to embrace and honor those that you're serving? Wow, wow, wow. There is something, I think, in the heart of God that imposes the necessity of honor on us as human beings. The interesting thing about honor, in light of what you just described in your journey and all of our journey, Glenn, is that honor is something that is given. It's not something that's demanded. So, uh, so the idea of, of being called to honor someone or to honor an organization or to honor an opportunity or to honor a season, uh, you know, we honor the fact that there was a season, even in situations where things have gone south or things have soured a bit or things have not grown, but they've sort of diminished, even in those realities, there is still usually a season that we can look back on that says this season in this relationship, in this organization helped to form me, helped to give me vision for my future. So sometimes we come to intersections where we feel like, hey, why am I here? You know, what am I still trying to build this for? What am I still trying to make something happen here for? Well, we come to a place of recognizing that honor is number one, valuing someone or valuing something. Honor is simple respect. But thirdly, honor is recognizing or is recognition of some kind of a head start opportunity. Honor is recognizing that in some way, place, space, form, or fashion, this person or this organization or this church or this ministry or this job at some point gave me a head start, gave me a heads up. And even if things have shifted into the future or the current status of things, it does not erase the season when it poured into me or they poured into me in such a way that it put me in the place and space I am currently in. 
Honor refuses to dismiss the Head Start program that we were in in that early, earlier season or place or stage in our lives. And so you don't throw that away. Honor refuses to throw away the fact that even when our mentors or the people that gave us an opportunity, even when the trajectory of their influence or their impact wanes, it does not mean that they never gave us a head start or an opportunity or put us in a place where we could see further down the road. And that deserves perennial honor. Robbie, you know, I'm getting ready to ask the practical question because I can hear people in the audience saying, yeah, but how does that look on the ground? How does that look in real life? Can you help walk through people's minds? They're, they are that leader. Uh, right now, uh, they're in an organization that, quite frankly, uh, the people that are leading it are not very honorable, to be yeah. really honest. They're yeah. not very um, integral to some degree. Um, that, that you, you talked about, you know, their influence waning. Um, in this case, some some of these people, the, the influence has waned. It's gone. It ain't it ain't here anymore. Can you talk to that person who's going through that struggle? And you've had your share of this personally. Yes. Going, help them on the ground where they are. How do you begin to walk through that place of shifting your mindset? Yeah. And what does that look like in real life to actually honor them, even while the frustrations? No, are flying this is good. Perhaps the most real life down to where the rubber meets the road um, parallel in this conversation is trying to make sense of the instruction that God has given us in his word to honor our parents. Remember, it does not say, the Bible doesn't say honor your wonderful parents, honor your God-fearing parents, um, honor your parents that really did for you what you believe they should have. It just says honor your parents. So the principle in honor um, does come from a place of recognizing the relationship you know, recognizing the relationship and rec recognizing the season that you are in, in that relationship. If you have no other option, let's say, if you are a leader in a place or a space where right now you need the job that you're in, <laughs> so you can't leave, okay? If that is the place and space that you are in, then you have, you must figure out how to stay honorable as you mature through the place that you are, even if we want to use the, the word stuck in, you might feel stuck in a place where you're either going to find a place and a way to honor the circumstances, honor the individuals, or you're going to blow it up. Now, if you're not going to blow it up, or if you're not going to make a decision to get out there on your own, until that time comes, you, ha you have to simply see the call to honor as a call to mature, if, especially if you are hemmed in. And a lot of people feel hemmed in. They feel trapped. And one of the things that we have to learn how to do as human beings and as leaders is to find freedom within those boundaries. Now, quite frankly, I think this is why 
you know, most marriages don't last. Most, most people don't find a place of staying at a place of peace in a job is because we struggle to find freedom within the boundaries. And, and, and there's no, there is no three points and a poem to how to do it. It's, it's, it's tenacity. It's grit. It's hanging in there. It's saying, I'm going to find a place of peace and happiness until my breakthrough comes. Brother, listen. Talk, talk, brother. Listen, sir, let me say this so that you're clear. When you put that in the characterization, see, because you just can't fire your parents from being your parents. You can leave. You cannot talk to them. You can be angry. You can be disgruntled. But they're going to be your folks until they get in a box. And then they're just going to be your folks from afar. So that ain't ever changing. But I love the idea of finding a way. And you mentioned the word maturity. Robbie, I think that there is something to be said to personal development and recognizing that that helps you find that place. Yeah. It is the shifting of your perspective. I've often told people there's only two ways to change uh, something, the outcome of something, and that is to either change the thing itself if you have the power and the authority to do it, or you change your perspective. Yes. And what a lot of people, when you, when you talk about being hemmed in, you need the job. You you can't just say take this job and shove it. Right. You can't. You got a family to feed. You got things to do. So how do you stay in a very frustrating situation without being the disgruntled employee? Without being the 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 thorn in the leadership's flesh? I think it absolutely comes through maturity. Can you talk to people about your personal journey of personal development? I've watched you, um, you know, spend whatever it takes, time, yeah, energy resources, find to get what you needed to get in order to grow personally and to develop personally. Talk to yeah. us about how, how important that is in this process. Yeah. The, I, the, the biggest grind in my personal development as a leader had to do with what I just, what I just described earlier. And that is Robbie, you have to be able to find a place of freedom and satisfaction within the confinement of whatever the current boundaries are in your life. Staying in a place long enough to mature or until a door opens or until an opportunity presents itself without allowing frustration to dominate to dominate your existence in my case feeling in some instances like i was ready to go ready to do part of what we're looking for is what we're called to give we want to feel honored we want to feel respected we want to feel valued and sometimes as the number 2 or the number 3 or just a part of an organization or part of a team you know sometimes we feel overlooked um, we feel undervalued. And, and this is where checking ourselves in that regard. I said earlier that honor is something that is given. It cannot be demanded. If I ever am in a place where I am feeling like I want to demand honor, y'all are going to honor me. You know, y'all are going to respect me. You're going to, y'all are going to see me. I get that pra- practically and pragmatically, but there is an internal strength 
that recognizes that honor, again, is something that we're called to give, and it's not something that we that we can demand. Jesus tried to help us when he said, listen, you're going to be honored everywhere except among those who are closest to you. So if honor is something that we need, this is the strange thing about honor. If we need it and we're craving it, then we're going to be frustrated until we are mature enough to recognize that I have to give it before I expect to receive it. And and there is no, again, there is no easy answer here. It it comes with feelings of frustration, um, but pressing through it, pressing through it until we are mature, the mature ones in the room Mm -hmm. to say, it's something that I'm called to give. I can't demand it. I have to give it. Listen, if you guys are listening to this podcast, maybe you are the guy on the treadmill next to the guy who ain't got his headsets on and you're overhearing stuff that ain't none of your business, but you're finding yourself empowered. His name is Bishop Robbie Davis. He leads a church, Celebration Church in Columbia, Maryland, and they are doing some things in their community that's impacting the kingdom in innovative ways that most churches are slow to embrace. I want to switch gears real second for a second, Robbie, before we get out of here, because we've got to talk about this legacy leadership and church development conference that you're doing uh, November the 6th through the 10th uh, this year. Um, I have to put it on record that what you guys are doing from a place of innovation is rarely done. It's just rare. And and, and I say that from every aspect. I, I think about the quality, the excellence, the way that you guys lead y'all's community. There's a respect that the greater Columbia area has for Celebration Church that is purely God in the sense that you guys serve your way into people honoring you. So that thing that you just said, you have to give the honor in order to expect to receive it. You guys are honoring your community every single day. And even with a conference like this, it really is about introducing people to a level of innovation that quite frankly is foreign. I, I'm used technology, for example. Uh, when I when the pandemic hit, I actually had the luxury and the pain of coaching some pastors who refused prior to the pandemic to adopt a straight live streaming. Yeah. Just to adopt a free platform of streaming your services online and then begin to build a online community. And and I'm not talking about just this one way you do a Sunday morning message, it goes out and that's it. No, there be a cultivation of the people online because it was often viewed, well, that's just online. That's virtual. It's not real. Who said that wasn't real? Yeah. You guys are embracing this in a way that during the pandemic, not only did you not wither and die and go away, But you guys thrived in the middle of the pandemic, serving your community and doing it in ways that kept everybody safe. Can you talk a little bit about the purpose of this conference, why the innovation, how you guys have grown through it? And I know you're still growing, uh, but why are you even thinking about this this way? Come on, talk to me. Listen, it's leaders like you have been pulling us along for a long time. I have to say, Glenn, you know, I, in the community of of our church and the leadership community of the organizations that I work with um, and that I'm a part of serving, I have to say this, I have to raise my hand and say, 
I am not the most forward thinking person in the room. But at the same time, which is why I understand the absolute need and necessity to have innovators around me and innovators pulling me and pushing me and tugging me. Because innovation, as far as I'm concerned, the way I define it, I define innovation as preparation for the future. That's how I define it. Innovation is preparation for the future. So what we're trying to do in this conference, um, the Innovation and Honor Conference in November at Celebration Church, is trying to prepare the church and to prepare leaders for the future, which means exposing leaders to voices that are much further down the road than even we are. And I'm saying that as the as the host of the conference, I'm saying, Lord, help us to convene a place and space where men and women, leaders like Glenn P. Brooks Jr. and others can come in and help us to think innovatively in terms of how we prepare for the future. The pandemic was the latest international example of its change or die change or die. And let me tell you this as well to to your to this community here today this morning. I am at this conference going to be announcing even my own transition timeline as it relates to my leadership at Celebration Church um, and what I believe the future portends what I believe called to do as far as the future is concerned, the local church, the greater church, the broader church, the international church. And the reason that I'm doing it so forthrightly and matter-of-factly and openly is because I understand that the future demands innovation today. And, And innovation demands that we recognize the brevity of our space in the room. The baton is greater than the runner. And if we recognize that, then we recognize that we have to be preparing now for what our organizations and churches and ministries and businesses will look like once we are gone. Because as much as we want to think that we're going to stay on top forever, we're going to stay on the top of our game forever. There, listen, there's always somebody younger, stronger, more gifted, more talented, ready to take over. And recognition of that says, let me prepare today for the greater things that will happen once I am gone. But for as leaders, we have to have that kind of mindset that says, yes, I can morph and change and shift. But my window of influence and impact, even if it's long, as far as human beings consider longevity, it's nothing against the backdrop of eternity. Glennon, you know how it goes. Let one of us die and think. let, Let one of us die and think that our influence is going to be eternal in that way. Saints will will repast 
and celebrate our lives, get some good good lemon funeral cake, <laughs> and 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 life goes on. Right. Life goes on. Life Let's, goes. So in a, innovation in that way, innovation becomes an absolute necessity, and we need voices to help us. That's what this conference is all about: helping the church prepare for the future. Well, the lineup that you guys have on this. Um, particular conference. I know many of these people personally. I've seen many of them from afar. I can tell you whether you are in the church space, the leadership development space, uh, whether you are in the business space, um, it's all here. It happens November the 6th through the 10th. Um, They're going to be putting, I know for those that are in Clubhouse, you can click the link at the top of the room and that will get you right to where you can go register and find out more information I'm sure they're going to scroll it across the screen here on KBC and TV for those of you guys who are watching. Uh, but this is a conference that if you're in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, you do not want to miss it. Um, listen, man, as we close, is there any parting words, any words of encouragement that you have for people who are really trying to wrap their minds around legacy? They feel like that, you know what, quite frankly, I'm on the other side of momentum. And uh, and I'm wrapping my mind around like, what does it look like for me to leave something that people can use and that can transform their lives long after I'm gone? Talk to me, Robbie. Yeah, no, legacy is everything because legacy, as you just stated, has to do with what we leave behind. What, are we, what do we leave behind? And I want to encourage everybody I think being self-aware is the most important thing. Finding that thing that we are here on the planet to do, finding whatever our gift mix is, and being determined to leave that kind of footprint in the earth, however large or small it is, um, but being determined to leave that kind of legacy. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm about to leave you. Believe in me, if you do that, if you do what you've seen done, when I get out of here, you're going to leave the world with what he described as greater things. And that's the mandate, I think, for all of our lives. Um, But that comes with finding someone or something to honor, because the very thing that we desire as human beings, the legacy of honor as we give it to somebody now, and I'm, I'm gonna challenge everybody who's tuned in, find someone to honor. Find something to honor. Because at the end of the day, the legacy of honor, in order for it to be really multiplied in your own life, has to be demonstrated in your life toward someone else first. Um, it's a place of maturity, all leaders, all leaders must honor um, in order for us to be honored at the end of the day. Well, man, let me tell you, um, I'm super grateful for the opportunity. Um, I'm grateful that you were available and I'm grateful that you said yes to the call of God on your life and the, for the people, including myself, that you've led over the years in your own way. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, one of my best friends on the planet, Robbie Davis. Y'all put your hands together. Thank you so much, bro. I love you, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's the it. Another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. If you can, please do me a huge favor. Share this out wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're streaming your podcast. Share it out. Let us know. Um, also, give us a comment. Let us know how these podcasts are helping you. Because here's what we know to be true. At the end of the day, you cannot get to any place of significance by yourself. And the reason is, is because we all need some help. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the next edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this. And if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good and we'll talk soon.